Ali, put that horizontally. Live, right? What was going on? Episode three hundred one. Episode two thirty one of A two the show. Three hundred one. Three hundred one, bro. Three hundred one. Three hundred one episodes <laughs> in, right? And our first episode in the three hundred series is with the boys because it always has to be with the boys. How are you guys doing? Yeah. What's what's going on? We have the Emir from Velocities. He has his own web, uh, his own YouTube channel. Go check it <laughs> Velocidize. out. Velocities. Velocities. I keep getting it wrong. I'm sorry. We have Say Jamal. <laughs> Right, say Jamal show. We have Ali in the beach the, wearing the, the bucket hat. Beach. Yeah. Right. Uh, how's it going, boys? How's life? How? What you've been up to? Well, we have. This is fifty episodes late, but now we have the two shirt. Yeah. And <laughs> check it out. Uh, there is going three yeah. more. Three more shirts left. So Th- three more it. shirts left. So go buy your shirts before they sell out. Yeah. Right. They will never be released again. That's it. That's the one-time deal thing that's going on. Uh, boys, Memento Mori. Amir, would you like to explain? Oof. Okay, I like Memento Mori, uh, so we'll talk about it. So the story of Memento Mori, it's a Latin phrase, right? It started when, you know, in ancient Rome. So suppose you're a general or a commander, and you just, you know, you, you slayed some, uh, some, I don't barbarians. know, some ho- Yeah, some barbarians. I was going to say hoes, but... <laughs> 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 but suppose you slay some barbarians. I don't know who who did the Romans fight. Let's Google that. Who the did Gaul, the Romans fight? The, the, who the, did the Romans fight? The pro okay, the so Persians, no? The Greeks, the, Gaul, the Persians, the British. The, the, Greeks, also the, the Vikings. The Vikings, British. <laughs> yeah. All right. So suppose you fought, fought, British. you fought the Greeks and you just won a battle, you know, the battle of you know uh I don't know, Cannae or Arasio or whatever, one of the yeah. one of the battles, right? And so you came back and you're paraded. You know, you're, you're this uh, commander. Uh, I don't know. Give me a Roman name. Uh, Julius. Romulus. Julius. Yeah. Okay. Nero. <laughs> Nero. I love that one. Let's go for Nero. Alexander the Great. Uh, too cliche. Alexander man. was <laughs> the commander was Nero. Bro. He just enslaved some Greeks. You know, he has some like. Uh, he has like 15 maidens now and he's celebrating his victory and he's being paraded through the streets and everyone's happy he's there. And they're like, bro, you're the best. You're so good. Oh my God, you killed everyone. That's so amazing. <laughs> but then there's some people at the back, there's a bunch of slaves who are like, yo, memento mori though, right? And what memento mori means is remember you must die. So this guy is like celebrating is the best day of his life, and some bitch behind him decides like, to basically, remember? you know, ruin the mood and be a buzzkill and be like, "Hey, one day your return's coming up, bitch!" Right? Yeah, remember and that you must die. Okay. Memento is the Latin word for memory or to remember, and more or more, I guess, is death. Right? Yeah, I would assume so. I don't. I have not looked at the linguistics uh, aspects of it, no, but I did. And you know, besides it being absolutely hilarious as a concept, you know. It was, it's nice that they did that because in their mind, they'd be like, oh, those people, you know, they're coming back with this mentality. I'm so good. I'm so strong. I'm the best guy ever. You know, it's like, calm down, chief, you know, uh, before you, you lose your, yeah, you know, your day will come. Don't get too prideful. That's going to backfire because when you're too prideful, you don't pay attention as much. Uh, you're too inconsiderate. You lack, ap- uh, you know, you lack empathy. You're not going to care for the people. And you're not definitely not going to care for the slaves, which is why the slaves were the ones that were pushing this message. Um, but, you know, 
this is an idea that applies to us now and it's common in different cultures you know buddhists they had the meditation on death uh you know the celtics used to you know have very long rituals about you know the dead and how they would bury them and they sing and they dance and they write songs about them and the vikings did that too and you know you look at samurai zen they did that as well uh you know they would the, the samurai, before, before he left his home, he had to make sure that he had already visualized his death and he had died and he had to like get past that. And so the, the strength that comes from this is that, you know, you recognize your mortality. And I think there's so many lessons that could be derived from that. But in our case, I don't think it's an issue of pride or self-confidence, but rather I think in our case, it's because we're so afraid. Right. So we're so afraid of loss. We're so afraid of losing uh, things. We're so afraid of uh, falling into illness. We're so afraid of losing our possessions. And so for us, uh, contemplating something like death is, is a way to ground us. Like, look, man, you're going to lose stuff in your life. You're going to be upset. You're going to face disease. And it's fine. Like, that's not where life stops. And so actually, you know, uh, CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, what they do is if someone is suffering from anxiety from a certain situation, one of, the, one of the things they do is they say, oh, listen, you're really anxious about this thing. Okay, so this is what you're going to do. Every single day, you're going to think about it for 30 minutes. And then at the end of the week, we're going to talk about it for an hour. <laughs> yep. so, but uh, the concept of death is very, very uh, humbling. I would say it's a very like I think what the slaves, although I call them a bunch of buzzkills in the beginning, but I think even in our religion, right, like in Islam, we keep reminded that hey, one day you will die, so do the best you can do before your time comes, right? And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you are in life, you're going to die. I remember a good story of uh, uh, Prophet Suleiman, right? One of his uh, friends was like, there's a man that keeps staring at me and I don't know what to do. And he keeps giving me a weird look. So the prophet asked him, which man are you talking about? He pointed at him. He said, oh, that's the angel of death. And that must mean your time is near. So the guy asked the prophet who had control over many things as well as the wind, right, to take him to a far land such as India, right? The man was taken up by the wind, pushed all the way to India, right, where he stayed. And as soon as he landed, the guy died. Turns out he was set to die in India. Now, it's not just this religion. It's many different religions. They tell you the same thing, right? Be comfortable with the fact that one day you will die. So what I want to ask and kind of explore with you guys is the fear of death. Where does that stem from? Where does that come from? Even though most religions say do not fear it, it's something you will experience. I, I personally don't like the fact that religion does say that. In, in some cases, I don't like the fact that it says, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of death. I, I think being afraid of death is very reasonable as far as I should, like, as far as I'm concerned. Like, you're going to die? That sounds horrible. Like, you're, yeah, but everything that you're experiencing now, it's going to go away. Uh, and I don't think fear is necessarily the enemy in this case. I think fear is something that you can live with, you can understand, and it can be a source of inspiration. It can be a source of, uh, you know, it could be a driving force for you to do the things that need to be done. 
You know, if you're afraid of death, if you're afraid of losing someone that you love, maybe that means you'll appreciate your life more. Maybe that means you'll appreciate those around you more. You know, okay. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily imply that because I'm afraid it means I'm going to be sat in my chair. And so rather than saying, you know, you shouldn't be afraid, I say get comfortable with fear. Yeah. Right? So, so fear is right? the enemy here because you're saying you should get comfortable with the inevitable. Right? No, get comfortable with the feeling of fear. See what fear is like. You have to understand fear on like different levels, you know, where biological there's you know there's the physiological effect of fear there's the psychological effect of fear and there's that environmental effect of fear and it's like the way it affects your perception as well right the role of a conscious being or the role of a, or even like if you want to say the role of a guru or a teacher or whatever is to help you help guide you uh, just to be aware of those things so he in one way or another wants to to be aware of like what kind of effect does um, you know uh, fear have on your physiology so then when you understand what kind of effect it has on your physiology you understand why your body feels the way it does and if you understand why your body feels the way it does it, you're not going to be chained to how you feel anymore right if you understand that anger comes you know like from the inside out and kind of like your body starts burning up and you you know your heart rate increases and everything and you can also understand that when that happens it doesn't mean you have to like break stuff it just means you need some time to calm down and you need to, you can understand your physiological experience with fear. And similarly, you can understand the psychological experience and what fear does is it makes you like backtrack a lot. You know, you, in terms of thought, it makes you look into the past a lot or it makes you really anxious about the future. And it kind of like takes away your attention from what's happening right now. And it like really distracts you. you, you know, you don't think clearly as much anymore. Mm. And, uh, and one of the ways to, you know, kind of like hack that, though I don't like those things because when people hear, you know, hack, they think, you know, this is a one size fits all. Oh, let's just do this. You'll be good to go. But one of the ways to hack that, for example, is like, okay, um, I'm too afraid. I should probably jump into something, right? Like do something, uh, get my mind uh, engaged in something. And that takes away some of that psychological aspect of it. But it also affects your perception in ways. You know, when you're afraid, you're, you don't look further into the distance. Your, your, your vision is constrained to what's around you because you're, you need to know what's around you because that's the important thing. That's what your body thinks is important. It doesn't pay attention to the higher frequency of sound waves because also those, those aren't so important. There's certain wavelengths. So your perception itself gets entirely limited because of what's happening in your physiology and what's happening in your psychology. And so... When you do that, when you understand that, whether through meditation or whether through putting yourself in the experience of fear, you become, you become more accustomed to it. You become more comfortable with it. And that leads you to a more fruitful experience of life, even when fear is there. Because think of it this way, right? Like we were talking yesterday about money. Money is a tool, right? And your emotions, they're kind of like that too. They're not so much as tools as they are like guides to your life. But suppose you're feeling energetic you could go do some dumb stuff, but at the same time, you could also do something that brings meaning to your life, that adds value to other people's life. So what the feeling, how the feeling affects you and what you come out of it with, that's going to vary depending on your you know, awareness of that feeling, your understanding of the human condition, your understanding of your own self. And that's what I think is the biggest priority for people right now. It's just to be case, able to understand that. Let me do this quick experiment, right? Boys, hands up if you have fear of death. 
or that you have a fear that one day you're going to die? You know what, man? I don't fear death, dude. You know what? So to be honest with you, yeah. life is just like a sand grains, dude. It's like a sand clock. <laughs> oh then my God, here we go. It's gone. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. And once you realize you have a limited amount of it and every day is a grain, dude. It kind of um, um, makes, makes everything more like fast. Like you have to do everything fast, pretty much. And it's kind of hard because kind of want to slow down and just experience every moment in its moment but also you know uh how short life is what about you um, so you kind of want to hurry up oh, oh all right oh, say uh no i don't exactly fear death now obviously in certain situations where you know you put in you're putting like fighters like survival fight mode. or flight yep adrenaline yeah basically yeah there might be a certain fear but that's because mainly if someone's pointing a gun at me but the whole concept of death no i've kind of i've kind of accepted it instead of pushed it away in a a sense that mm, it doesn't have to hinder the way i think and the way i act you know it's like okay fine if i'm gonna die it's gonna come all right fuck it i'll accept it but uh because if if I let it like it's if it's always on my mind, it's gonna have a negative uh, effect on me, and I don't want that to happen. Now maybe later on, as I grow older and my responsibilities change, if I have a family, my perception might change due to my circumstances. But for the time being, no, I'm okay with it. Mm. I well, I guess for me, it's more of a. I accept the fact that one day I'm going to die, regardless of how, when, and where, right? For me, it's just, as Ali said, life goes too fast for me to constantly fear something or keep that reminder of, oh, my God, I'm going to die one day. I mean, I know, I know every day that, hey, I might die today, I might die tomorrow, I might die in an hour, so I might be the best I can be before it happens, right? I'll be the best me or the best version of me I can be until then. I think that's why many religions ask, hey, don't fear something that's bound to happen. Just do the best, right? Because if we do fear it a lot, it's just going to put us in a space where some people do, as you say, Amir, they're going to be like, you know what? Oh my God, I might die. Let me get comfortable with this and try and do as much. Some people just freeze and they think about it all the time and they become overcautious and do retarded shit that, you know, is going to end up all for nothing because they're going to die. Yeah, but if someone's afraid and you tell them, oh, just don't be afraid, that's... (laughs) No, it's it's not like that. It's more like accept the fact that this is going to happen. Even you know, if and you being accept afraid, it, it's not going to take a few away. How? I mean, I accepted this fact. I'm no, I'm no longer afraid. That's, of- that's your experience of life. Like, if 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 someone's afraid of heights, right, and then you tell them, "Oh, accept that you're afraid of heights," or like, accept that you're in a safe place now, and that the height doesn't matter. That's not going to fix their phobia. That's not yeah, going to fix their fear. When when you tell someone, accept the fact that you're going to die and they see that all around them, people are dying, then they're going to be like, you know what? This is this is it's, life. It's not, you don't I'll take the height, the- right? Let's take the height as an example here. I'll explain it better. Uh, I was afraid of heights until I stepped on one of the highest, like, uh, jump for the pools. I don't know. Burj Khalifa. No, man. No. That's, no. Yes. no. I'm okay. talking about the diving board, right? I went to the highest, oh, wow. and I remember my coach was like, listen, you're afraid to jump, right? I was like, yeah, I was shaking, and I was holding on to the damn rail, right? He was like, there's only one way going down. 
I have nothing to do. You probably have shit to do. I'm going to stay here. You're not going down the stairs, right? I accepted it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a jump. If anything happens, I'll beat the shit out of him. But until then, cowabunga boys. And I did. I jumped. I actually jumped. I remember it was like 10 meters. No, less. It was like seven, I think. But that's pretty damn high, right? And I jumped. Now, if you ask me to go do it again, I'll do it because I'm not afraid because I've, I've experienced it. Be it directly yeah, or indirectly. Yeah, first. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was just going to say. It's, it's, it's not like that. Right it's, it's either directly Tactical or insertion, indirectly. Respo- right? point. If I've never seen people jump from that height, I would have never done it. But I've seen people jump from that height. If you've never mm. seen people die around you, then you have a reason to fear death, right? No, even more so in some cases. You know, yeah. People lose who they love. They see what the amount of damage death can do that's not necessarily the case it's not that always when death uh, comes it's going to be a nice story after true but why would that da- why would death cause damage how could a dead person cause damage they're gone that's it they're done <laughs> yeah bro but <laughs> i get what you mean but it's not like that's not how life happens man like everything's connected to, with each other the loss of someone or something could cause a lot of suffering to many people. It's a ripple effect, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not but just also like, that implies that your death is not really your death because you still live on through other people. You live on through, of your course, life. and and that's something that yeah. reconciles death for sure. But I don't think you never anything... totally die. Yeah, you never totally die, and that definitely reconciles the idea of death for many people and definitely may even get you to come to terms with the fear. But I think if today you were in a situation and your life was on the line, you're not going to sit like a Zen monk and just take it, man. That's it. Like that's the bottom line because it's built in you to be afraid, man. If you get hungry right now and you have no money for food, you have no resources for food, you're going to get afraid. It's a mechanism built in you. Why would that's my problem with like talking about emotions like there you know like there's something in you like a point of consciousness and the emotion comes to it no it's not like that it's like you're in this point of consciousness supposedly and like the emotion grows out of it depending on what's happening around you and depending on your physiology and your and like your environment and you're connected to all of it everything that's happening it's not you're not just a singular point where okay fear came and now i don't want fear anymore go away like it will happen to you and you know it will be a part of your experience husband you can't control that the same way when you're sad you can't control it same way when you're happy you can't control it and and so <laughs> are, are we really doing this are we actually and so like, you're, are we- Ali's just like so, laying back, so, you know. He's he's yeah. accepted death. He's just laying on the beach. Dude, I'm accepted death, man. Dude, you know, like yeah, that death is hot coming, dude. You want to live every moment, dude. I'm not gonna waste this day. If and, there was a tsunami uh, right now on the hot... out of the beach, yeah, yeah like imagine a tsunami is gonna come. Did you hear about the satellite? Do you hear about the satellite yeah. that dropped yesterday? The yeah. Chinese. There was a Chinese rocket that pretty yeah. much misfired. It was supposed to go to space, but it came back to Earth. And then and it, it hit much, close it was, by. It, it's a hit in the Indian Ocean. It could have been no? anywhere, but it hit in the Indian Ocean. It could have been anywhere. It could have been Kuwait or Saudi or me. I'm not threatening it. It's just the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Chinese. 
I'm not yeah, I feel like yeah, Danny it is happened, man. Really unlucky at this point, right? They have the COVID uh, fourth wave, the third wave. Oof. I don't know what's happening in India. Oh, and now they right. get the yeah. Indian wave. Ocean gets attacked. I feel like something's up. The ocean got it. attacked. It did not lead to anything, boys. What's wrong with you? It's done. <laughs> yeah, but, know, but, it but, but the part, like it's attacked the Indian identity, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? So, Generation By the way, if the, <laughs> if the satellite is large enough, it could probably cause a mini tsunami. In yeah, area. but you need to understand that it's made of aluminium and it entered the atmosphere at like a really high, like very high velocity. So it probably burnt up and it's just like a bunch of like metals spitting in the water. Probably isn't even that explosive or huge or whatever, you know. So basically it's, it's only oh, it like the size of like tons. the sandwich. It's what? 22 tons? Yeah, it was 22 tons. When it hit, when it landed. No, when when it was outside. So yeah, even so if it, like, like a bunch of it burnt up. Of... Yeah, but there's a lot of it that remained, man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but with the force of the, the force at like how it landed, you know, that's that's a lot of. No, sorry, the the acceleration of it was when it landed yeah. creates a lot of force. Yeah, which, but if you look you know, at where it landed, it's people at the shores of India are probably experiencing a wave pool effect. Like, oh, the waves are a little bit bigger today. You know? It's... Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, if I show you a map of where it landed, you guys are going to laugh. You're going to be like, okay, and? But if it was a tsunami, we would have heard about it on the news, no? Like, at least a bigger wave than usual or anything. I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, the tsunami doesn't usually happen the next day or anything. Like, it takes a couple of days or like a week or something. For for tsunami to hit, like because usually what happens is how, how does a how does okay, a tsunami, so, a tsunami so happen? Ali, like when there's an earthquake in the ocean. Like... Yeah, if there's an earthquake in the ocean, then like in a week's time, because like the water builds up from that earthquake and then it hits on the shores. That's how you know. That's how when a tsunami happens. Let's see. How long does it take for a tsunami uh, to form? It takes a long time sometimes. Once generated, uh, the tsunami wave in the open ocean can travel at speeds greater than 800 kilometers an hour. These waves travel across Pacific Ocean less than once a day. Uh, the the uh, can reach coastline in just minutes. You're talking about the speed of the tsunami, not how it's formed from. Yeah, how long does it take for? Oh wait, yeah, true. My bad. Oops. I think that would be like a geology question. Three to yeah. five minutes of undersea earthquake and gives indirectional potential cause tsunami, which may do damage. If the earthquake is big, it can move quite a lot. So it really depends on the earthquake. Exactly. We need to find exactly. a geologist and bring him on the show and talk, about <laughs> talk to us about this. Yeah, that could be a good future episode. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But back to death. Bro, okay, so here's what I'm saying. Like, suppose you're like, uh, you know, where and where Ali is, and the tsunami's headed his way, bro. Even if you're like the most zen motherfucker on earth, bro. <laughs> Ali, you got three minutes to get off that beach. Three minutes. <laughs> you see that tsunami? You're gonna run away, bro. I bet the best you're gonna freeze. Y'all alone. It's okay. I mean, it's I mean, just dealing with some stuff. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> I like your bucket hat, Ali. I really don't. It reminded, he, it Thank reminds you, me man. of what happened. Uh, I appreciate it. I got in Arizona. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. He's raging. <laughs> yeah, Amir, you can just do control A and it shuts your remember uh, that. or alt A and it'll shut your camera. Yes. You can, you know, yell. Peacefully. It's alt V. 
Yep, there you go. Right. Ooh. So uh, he's uh, exited the matrix. Right. There we go. It's <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Bro, it's yeah. like every episode. It's like it's becoming a pattern, you know. Like every episode now, it's like we see Amir. It's like raging at something. <laughs> They gotta clip those moments. So yeah, you're saying I mean he would run away. Yeah, he would yeah. try to live. Why not? I don't see why not. Of course. Yeah, yeah, because because the fear is a part of the driving factor. If you weren't afraid, you wouldn't necessarily run away. So fear is important in like I would grab a surfboard. Part of it. Wait, 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 question, question. Ali, can you show us the other direction from the, the sea? Yeah, That's behind you basically. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Turn around. Yeah, okay. A bit more, okay. Yeah, yeah. You have no safe. way of surviving this. Yeah, you're yeah, no, no, you have no way. Yeah, so you should Ali, just accept yeah. death and be like, you know what, Ali? If you see a tsunami coming, <laughs> you will literally you're done. I'm sorry to say. Or you so could just grab a surfboard. Well, yeah, yeah right surf, surf that tsunami. Surf up. Yeah, of course, a 72 <laughs> kilometer high uh, tsunami wave. Of course, go yeah, for bro, it. Yeah, bro, fuck it, surf, surf that you might as well. You're gonna die. I mean, I don't know. if I don't know if I'm betting on the tsunami, bro. So wait, so, so wait, so uh, Amir, you were saying like, for example, in this kind of situation, obviously you try to survive. But what if, I, like, if you know, you know, like, for example, Ali would, like, for us, if we were put in that situation, for example, we know we're not surviving for, for shit. I can't run exactly. a tsunami. I can barely outrun would a you, fucking dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, would you still have that thing? Where Fear. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Run away. Would you still run away? Knowing that okay. you can't, that nothing you do will have, will make a difference. Okay, I I completely I can see I can see it varying from different people's like reactions. Everyone's gonna have a different reaction for sure. That's natural, but that's not like yeah, necessarily what I'm arguing. I'm not arguing in the there's an ideal reaction or an ideal attitude to have towards this. What I'm saying is fear is an essential component of our experience, True. and I hate the animosity towards fear. I think fear is nice to have. It's really important. I don't know who said this, yeah. but uh, someone said, like, there's a quote. I can't remember. Like, I'll Google it just so I don't plagiarize. Don't worry, but I'll just quickly answer you. Fear of the inevitable is slightly retarded. That's all I have to say. That's an Ali quote right there. Put on my IMDb page. Ali Shimri quotes, fear of the inevitable is slightly retarded. <laughs> Do that. Right? Because I'm trying to gather okay, as much so, quotes that I've said on the show as possible so I can fix my MPB. <laughs> I, I, right? I still yeah, can't true, find right? who said it. But, I remember but it is. like someone... Fear is good. Listen, I've studied like the fear aspect and the flight and fight and all that shit, right? Fear is good. I'm not saying you should not fear anything. No. I'm just saying it's kind of pointless to fear something that's bound to happen no matter what. That's it. Like if a lion came in the room, fuck it, I would be afraid. I'm not saying I'd be like, oh, you know what? Let's go. No, I'd be afraid. But that's because there is a chance, even if it's 1%, that I might survive, right? But with death, I'm going to die regardless. So why should I fear death? Like, I don't no, understand. But that, okay, of course. But that's because we make the assumption that there isn't a lion in your room right now. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which is a fair enough assumption. Which is a fair enough assumption. It's not necessarily like the case. Yani. What I mean is, like, there is always a metaphorical line like hanging nearby you. You could die at any moment. Right. Some people have that realization really close to them, man. Like, I'm not attacking you for not necessarily being afraid. You're not attacking very, me in general. I'm just you know? it's a healthy conversation. But, I don't see why you're seeing yeah. it as an attack. Anyhow. Like when I say attack, it's just a figure of speech. It's yeah, not yeah. literally. Okay? Don't worry. So suppose you're like, 
there's some people who have any different like realizations of the, the of life around them, and that invokes different emotions in them, right? Into in your experience, you're saying fear of something that's unbound, not bound to happen is stupid, right? How do you think that makes someone <laughs> who's trying to understand why they're so damn afraid at any moment that they could die at any moment? Mm. How would that like sound to them? It would make them like it would make their entire experience feel like completely confusing, right? I'm not in the business of misleading people. I'm not in the business of making people feel worse than they already are. I'm in the people, I'm in the business of understanding how people feel each in their own individual experience, you know, and saying, okay, maybe there's a commonality here and there, but this is how you can understand your experience better and make the best out of it. So whether you experience fear a lot or whether you don't, that's not necessarily the point of memento mori, just to like connect it all back to memento mori. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily the point. The point is, what is your relationship with death? And have you come to terms with your relationship with it? Or is there room for growth in that relationship? Mm-hmm. Whether there is fear or whether there isn't, right? It's not that. Uh, I, mean, I just want to cut you off a bit about, uh, okay. So I get what you're trying to say. Like it's, there is this intrinsic feeling of, of fear you can't remove it it's always going to be in there yeah if and it's not of death can't... it's going to be of something else yeah exactly uh, and, and the point is uh for me what i would say is like you can relate there's also the concept of jealousy so you know how people say they don't get jealous and but in reality it is also an intrinsic emotion that you cannot remove mm-hmm. it's gonna Absolutely, it's gonna yeah. show up but the thing but the thing is about these emotions is that a level of control that you have over them like not necessarily like not feeling them but the point of how you, how much can you control it so that it doesn't influence your influence your behavior or your attitude towards whatever you want to do or your actions yeah absolutely and that was like why in my previous point i mentioned that it's about understanding how you feel it's about understanding yeah. your relationship to those inevitabilities of life it's not it's just emotional death, intelligence it's in suffering yeah like you have a relationship with all of life's realities, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's two common like schools of thought uh, on this, right? So where, which is everything is an opinion or uh, there are facts, but the opinions that describe those facts vary, right? I think we, mm-hmm. we kind of know this, right? And so uh, if, if, if you take the school of thought, like everything is an opinion, you'll never get anywhere. Though. But if there are certain facts in life and that you can have a relationship with those facts in life, such as death is a fact, you know, um, the fact there's other facts, there's implicit facts that we have built into our system, such as the fact that you need to have money, you need to work, you, you know, um, the fact uh, there's other facts that you need to eat, that you need to poop. Wait, you know? the, the money thing, is it, isn't it? it more of an external influence? than? Yeah, so, so the money, uh, that's what because, I mean. Like because we used, live, fact. we used to live on bartering. So Okay. So uh, we talked about this with like uh, Amin actually, which is simulation and simulacra. And when something imitates uh, reality so much that it becomes an implicit truth in it, it becomes part of like simulacra, which is, um, you know, it's not really reality, but imitating it in such a way that it's become built in that you can't really say it's not fact anymore. It's become fact, you know? Mm, yeah. And so you could in the future change into something else, but as of right now, it's fact that you need money. It's fact that you need those things and you need to eat, you know, but there are some more, you know, like, you know, traditional facts. And my point is you need to understand your relationship with this. 
And you know, the relationship you have with them is dynamic and it's going to vary from individual to individual to individual. And there is no right or wrong in how you feel in this, but there is definitely room for growth for everyone. You, you don't just wake up and you're like, in my relationship with death now, I've completely mastered it. You know, I am the master of death. I've understood all of it. No, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter who you are. You always have room for growth in the same way you always understand your partner better in the same way you always understand your career better in the same way you always understand the world around you better. You can always develop a better relationship with the facts around you. And that is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I absolutely love the fact that you have no fear to death. You know, that's amazing to me, you know, whether it's uh, Shimri or Hajj or Saeed, all of you, the fact that, you know, you can think about death and not be afraid of it. Sure. That's amazing. But for me and a few others, I suppose, that are like me, you know, or many others, I wouldn't know, you know, uh, that when they think of fear or when fear and death or when they think of death or when death is near them, there's a strong sense of fear. I'd rather understand that feeling and be able to grow from it and be able to make just to understand who I am as a human, right? Like, that's the thing that matters. We need to wrap up because we're literally like an hour's deep in, right? We're oh wow, yeah, we really did. Nice, this was good, dude. Time. This was a good conversation, right? Thank you for watching another episode of A2 The yeah. Show. If you guys enjoyed this episode half as much as we enjoyed filming it for you, please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, for you can go check out Philosopher Dies on YouTube, he's uh, put up. Uh, right. video on this topic right discussing more of the origin of the word how it's come to be what it's meant and uh yeah i feel like i discussed more here than i have on I mean, my episode yeah Just but still, go <laughs> check it out right? Right? Uh, yeah right boys it's been a pleasure <laughs> right. peace love Before happiness it's a pleasure, dude. Memento I, gotta, I gotta quote stop <laughs>